Welcome back, y'all, to episode 61 of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days. And one thing about this podcast is nothing is off the table, and today is no exception. Today, we are going to be talking about the second largest private company in the world, Cargill. And if you know that company, I'll be quite surprised. Let's go. Okay, like mostly everything at this current time, I get a lot of my content off of TikTok. It's just interesting and then to do a deep dive on the research. I have an extensive background in research. I have a master's degree in it in open source research. In my current jobs over the last few years, I do open source research. So naturally, I'm really good at finding information quickly on companies. And today, I'm gonna play a TikTok for you and it's going into a little bit of detail about the cargo family. Now, when I saw this, I was really surprised, but it's really fascinating, so I'm gonna play it for y'all. These 14 billionaires belong to the most secretive family in the world. We are the flour in your bread, the salt on your fries, and the chocolate in your dessert. We are the pork or chicken you eat for dinner, the cotton in your clothing, and the fertilizer in your field. We are Cargill, the second largest private company in the world. Cargill has engaged in wartime profiteering in World War II. They tried to corner the corn market during the Dust Bowl, and they've obliterated rainforest biomes. They made a record $165 billion last year. Their intelligence on food and agriculture has even been said to exceed the CIA's. But it's entirely up to the Cargill family what is made public, because they still own 88% of the company. They are one of four corporations that nearly all agricultural commodities pass through, but their invisibility is no accident. You can't boycott Cargill if you can't see Cargill. You can't boycott Cargill if you don't see Cargill. So what does that mean? You know, it's like when you hear that, you're like, okay, why would I need to boycott them? Number one, number two, you know, what is the brand? And and, and really what it's indicating is that cargo in itself, you can't track it. It's not anything where it's like it's going to have its label on it. It's going to be marketed. What's really crazy about this company, in my opinion is when you kind of break down what it is. I mean, the company was founded by William Wallace Cargill in 1865 in the great state of Wisconsin. I don't know why we have another podcast talking about Wisconsin, but if you look at the year, you think about 1865 and what that year is significant in history. Um, if you don't know, then you probably need to study some history. But that's when the company started, you know. And you think about that going all the way back to everything that that cargo has been exposed to over the years. So when you break it down, essentially right now, I just wanted to check and see. I looked over the executive staff just to see if anybody had the last name Cargill that was still in the executive staff. And they're not. They're mostly board members and they just own the company. So obviously, as you know, when it's whenever it's a private company, you know, people own the company. And whenever you implement and put in stock, what happens is you have a board you have to answer to, people own different percentage of the country, company, etc. Now, 
Looking at different executive staffs, one of the titles for it was actually Protein and Salt. But this company isn't just in North America, it's all over the world. But when you look at Protein and Salt, you're like, what does that even mean? So it the Protein and Salt division is in 17 different country com- countries with over 60 thousand employees this is just in the protein and salt okay and this is when you're having the beef added meat eggs things of that magnitude but what you have to understand is like everybody in the united states has experienced cargo products and they don't even know it what do i mean when i say that if you have ever eaten at a mcdonald's the meat and the patties come from cargo their farms, their manufacturing, and everything like that. And what you have to understand is when you have a company that sells the ingredients for other companies, their power is going to be ridiculous. I mean, if you look at Cisco, Cargo sells to Cisco, and Cisco sells products to people for food, you know. But if you look at this, I mean, Cargo was seen by, you know, given an award from McDonald's for helping them ensure global supply chain delivery, as well as Taco Bell. I mean, if you're eating at car, if you're eating at Taco Bell and McDonald's, what's crazy is you're eating the same product. It's not like anything like that with the soy and beef. And they even help with the producing the products with China. Now, put this in context. Cargo, Cargo, was able to have 64 million eggs last year. So I'm going to do a little quick math. So I sat here and I broke down the math. And that means if my math, my math, my math is correct, then that's 121 eggs every hour for a whole year. So it shows kind of how they have a large amount of different products, you know, and they own everything as it relates to food. And I don't think they... Like what I've been trying to figure out, and then they have shipping containers, they ship everything around the world, you know, they have families growing food all throughout the world, and you have eaten cargo and you don't even know. And that's really what's remarkable about this company. So let's look at the stats real quick. So they have 150,000 employees, they're in 70 countries, they have 155 years of experience, okay, and they deliver to over 125 countries. There's 193 countries in the whole world, and they deliver to 125. Put that in perspective, okay? And you've never even heard of them. So what they happens is they work with different farmers to buy up crops and livestock, and they almost work as a middleman to <laughs> transfer to the customers, retails, and the services. So they go through these steps where, you know, they they are always interacting with buying, purchasing, and selling of agriculture. Now, what's really interesting about this company is, you know, they're considered like the fourth wealthiest family in the United States because it's 80% owned. Okay. And when you look at it, like breaking down the stats. So this company has been in the family for 155 years. They started in grain storage. They transitioned into selling food and trading. Okay. They have multiple agreements and they've put together six members of the family. So there's there's 17 board members for Cargill and six of them 
are in the family, okay? There's approximately 90 family members together that own 88% of the company, according to Forbes. So we don't even know because there's not a lot of information that they're obviously going to put out there about it, which makes sense. But if you put in Cargill in China, you know, that's what's really interesting because if I'm looking at what they're doing in China and I go just to look kind of at the product and services locations, they have one, two, three, four, five. They have close to 50 different offices in China alone purchasing and delivering products. And they're selling everything. I mean, your cotton, so you're wearing their product. It's been purchased and sold. You're eating their product. And they also have pharmaceuticals that you're taking. Now, why is it that we don't know about this company? That's what really trips me out is, is it's almost like, you know, we're kind of in this era where... There could be a company with this many employees in multiple countries and you don't even know about what they are doing. And then I kind of always like to look at careers to see what's going on. What like what careers are they posting? And let's just say per professional jobs. Okay. Yeah, so currently it's project engineering. They have places in Brazil, Minnesota, Costa Rica, Dayton, Ohio. Um, California, Fayetteville, North Carolina, you know, all over the world, you know, they have these kind of positions and jobs. Currently, there's only been nine CEOs of Cargill in the last 155 years. The current one name is Dave Macklin, which is really interesting because he's been with the company since 91. So they kind of develop within their own you know he's an MBA he has a bachelor's degree in English which is hilarious because he runs an agricultural company so you know kind of just looking over things like that looking at the website on the news seeing what they have posted um nothing too crazy but I just I'm really stunned at how a company like this can be so big and if you guys know about it you know that's Great, but I've never heard about this company. And they claim to have 155 employees, but only 60,000 of them are on LinkedIn. So you kind of look at the different employees, the vice presidents, you know, corporate strategy. The corporate strategy office is in Minnesota. Um, you know, people, you know, could you imagine what the corporate strategy like is there? I mean, you are, you're probably getting into some things. And... You know, you look at the corporate strategist, you know, I'm looking at the LinkedIn right now and the master's degrees in Yale and Harvard. So this is kind of like that big, huge corporation under the radar, not publicly traded, owned by the same family for 155 years. And they brought in one, I think they brought in $1.87 billion last year. They're on every continent. You know, they speak every language. And they pretty much own us. We have their food, their clothing, and things like that. Um, and it's just really crazy to me. Even your salt. Like, do you ever think about where your salt comes from? 
You know, it's like if we were to be, you know, this corporation is essentially responsible for taking out that primitive nature we had before of taking care of ourselves all day to now we're just, we eat whatever they have and we don't even really know who they are or what they do. I mean, they don't tell us anything, you know, it's like you look, you think about the secrets of what they, they're, they have to do with their company because it's private. And if you were to ask what they're doing, you know, they don't know. And it says a lot that they have this type of technology and what they're able to do and they're in China because China has no problem stealing secrets. Um, so, you know, they must have a lock on their IT security, things of that nature. But that is Cargill. I just wanted to give you an overview of it. So let me know what you guys think and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.